0: Welcome to Growing the Game with Ballsy, installment 335. Wherever you're listening, thanks for making us part of your podcasting adventure. Tell all your football friends and family about the podcast. That's the best form of promotion to continue to help this three-down game survive and ultimately thrive. I'd like to thank one of our title sponsors, That would be John Ryan and the John Ryan Foundation. The former rider, blue bomber, packer, and Seahawk punter has always given back to the community and continues to do so by supporting this podcast. Our first quarter of the Growing the Game with Ballsy podcast is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics. Beat back father time in a naturally looking way. Go check out crescinda.com. Thielen and the gang uh, on Beauty Avenue above Gabo's on Dudney in downtown Regina. Well, the all-star Riffle Royal receiver Austin Kemp has decided who he's going to play for at the next level, and it's with Chris Morse and the University of Alberta Golden Bears. How does that feel?
1: Feels great, honestly. It feels great to go from already tremendous Riffle Royals program to uh, obviously astounding Golden Bears program, just two programs that I've a part of and just really great past and going to be great teams in the future as well.
0: What made you uh, choose uh, to go to Edmonton and be with Chris Morris and the gang?
1: Uh, My choice to go to Edmonton was really just based on my auntie lives there, so I'll be living with her. So that obviously knocks down some of the costs of university. And when I went on my visit there, I just feel like it was a great team atmosphere. They were very welcoming. All the boys, it was a great connection, great teamwork and just like a, just a brotherhood bond that you don't see on some other teams
0: they got a good facility there too a kind of an underrated facility they got the indoor uh, little field that they cover there while well, they got the field they cover with uh with uh, kind of that dome and then they've got the uh, foot field during the year and some good facilities there
1: absolutely yeah no it's great there. they're able to train year-round there so it's obviously great you practicing football year-round, it will definitely make you better in the long run.
0: Uh, Did you think about staying close to home, or you always wanted to go away? And, and you know, you look at Alberta, they haven't had a lot of success on the field. Was that enticing because you want to be a part of change, or where was your mentality there?
2: Uh, Yeah,
1: I was looking at staying home, but I just feel like a new environment... I've lived in Regina, Saskatchewan my whole life, so like I feel like a new environment it would really suit me well. And the Edmonton's a beautiful city there and for the program there I feel like I'd love to be part of a change. Like the boys, we were working hard. They've been working hard all season. I'm ready to be get out there and just work and be a part of a program.
0: Six one, 185 pounds, a receiver. What's the strength of your game coming out of Riffle?
1: Strength of my game. I just feel like it's the versatility, like I've been playing running back mm-hmm. and receiver my whole life, so it's like that dual aspect to my game. It's always good. You can move around me. you can move me around in the backfield. You can Throw me out at
0: receiver, and I can do whatever you ask me to do. Is that what they plan to do with you? Yes, sir. Yeah. So is Ricky Walter still the OC there? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, he is. So uh, I, I like Ricky in my conversation with him, the former Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Were your thoughts on uh, kind of the offense he runs and his uh, his uh, his plans for you, so to speak?
1: Uh, the offense he runs is great. He really just um he puts in a lot of different like aspects of the game, like of offenses, like pro level offenses, high level offense, like strategies to beat the defense, like for the play, and just a lot of motions and everything like that. that always has the defense on their toes.
0: Hey, it's a student athlete. Uh, so, what are you taking in school? I'll be taking business. Okay, so you want to own your own business, or what's your plans in the future? Yeah, I would love to be an entrepreneur in my future.
1: All that's right. the goal.
0: Where does that come from?
1: Uh, I just feel like I've always been around, like interested in money and just, like people owning their own business and working for yourself and kind of just getting out of like the classic nine to five that's going on.
0: Are you good with money?
1: Yes, I am. Are you? Oh, that's yeah. Cool. I'd, I'd consider. So yeah, I've always been like good at budgeting and investing and stuff like that.
0: So you got your aunt with you, so maybe she'll help make some meals, but what would be uh what would be a on budget college meal for Austin Kemp? Do you think? Uh,
1: it's not really a budget, but I'd say my go-to is probably chicken and rice. So my, def- my aunt will definitely
0: help me out with that. Uh, okay. One. You'll do a bunch <laughs> of meal prep for the whole week. That's awesome, man. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and lastly, uh, how long have you been playing football, and what turned you on to this game?
1: I've been playing football since I was about grade three, and just as soon as I hopped out on the field, this is like – the brotherhood that automatically goes on, like the friendships that you make and like the competitiveness. Like if you play football like it translates to every other thing in life. It's like the grind and the drive that you need to be great in the game. It just translates to
0: everything I would say. And maybe a comment on the team you're leaving, the Riffle Royals and Northwest Regina, Derek Pelon and the gang. Just your thoughts on that uh, program and the coaching staff.
1: I just think it's a great program. Like, you know, We've constantly been an upper team in Regina for years, and I just feel like for years to come, we'll be able to go up there and compete.
0: Austin, thanks for your time, man. Best of luck in Edmonton. Absolutely. Thank you. second quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsies brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ by giving him a call 306-502-5355. Thanks to him for his friendship and continued support of football in Saskatchewan. We just heard from Austin Kemp and speaking of great Canadian-born pass catchers, Jawan Breskison recently signed with the Saskatchewan Roughriders, and I sat down with him to talk some football. Joan Breskison of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it?
3: It definitely does. I, uh, I'm still getting used to it, but uh, I, I think I like the way it sounds.
0: Yeah, so uh, Calgary Stampeder, Toronto Argonaut, did you ever dream you'd be wearing green and white? I, you know, I ask guys this when they come to town. When they're standing on the visiting sidelines and they hear bring them out, bring them out in the fireworks and everybody's standing in full throat here at Mosaic unlike any other stadium, do you ever, obviously gets you jacked up, but do you ever think, man, I wonder what it would be like to run out of that tunnel? Trevor Harris said when I interviewed him, he said, no, I always thought about that.
3: I I did have those thoughts, um, but I also did have the uh, luxury of having teammates that I played with in Calgary that ended up in Saskatchewan and they always said, um, if you want a experience like no other, Saskatchewan is the the team to play for.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Jawan, what do you feel you bring to the table here for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders?
3: Uh, I mean, from a football standpoint, I feel like I bring size, uh, hands, and, you know, just uh, ability to, to play football and make plays, and then Um, off the field I like to get out in the community and you know I like to uh, get to know my teammates uh, because I feel like that kind of brings us uh, more uh, more together as a team so um, like those are the two aspects I think I bring as a as a person in a in the Rough Riders uniform,
0: you bring the right birth certificate, born in, in Mississauga, Ontario, so you can be a ratio breaker. I guess what they say in sports, and I'm going to ask this of Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals, Canadian-born baseball player. He had a great 2021, and in 2022 had injuries, and that's the thing that they always say in sports, right, Juwan? Your best ability is availability, and that's probably really the the the, the chink in your armor. You're going to get hurt in football. I don't care who you are, but but if, like, would you agree with me? If you stay on the field, you can be a difference maker.
3: hundred percent. I think um, that's always, that's been, um, you know, the knock against me the past couple of years. Uh, nobody goes into a season, um, you know, wanting to get hurt, but it does happen. Some, uh, it happens more to others than it, it doesn't to some, but, um you know, for me, I just know when I'm on the field and I'm playing, I'm able to contribute, and that's the the goal of this season.
0: Yeah. So, what is besides that? Besides the availability, do you have any other personal goals for yourself this year, Juwan?
3: Um, honestly, not really. Um, I I, I don't want this to sound a bad like it sound uh, bad, but I don't have a lot of expectations for myself because I feel like. Um, That just allows me to go out and play as freely as possible. And whatever happens um, is kind of like a cherry on top. So, you know, I just want to come in and I want to contribute as much as possible.
0: What intrigues you about playing with Trevor Harris?
3: Um, Just playing against him. Had the opportunity to play against him in gray cups. Had the opportunity to play against him in regular season. And, you know, just see the way that he just spreads the ball around and he just gives guys opportunity to... Uh, make plays, and uh, you know I just have heard nothing but great things about him as a as a quarterback and as a person.
0: You're coming here with a bit to prove, a little chip on your shoulder, maybe a little bit. Although you seem like a polite, uh, even keeled young man, I'm not saying you're a jerk or anything. But you, any athlete uses a little fuel for their fire, right? So you're coming here with a little chip on your shoulder, a clean slate and you got an offensive coordinator in Kelly Jeffrey that's kind of the same thing. He's bound, he a Texas guy, bounced around both uh, uh NCAA at various uh levels and of course uh in uh, U sports with Mount Allison and other places and in the CFL too and was kind of it's perceived to be about the Riders fifth or sixth choice for their OC. How do you how do you feel about playing for a guy that's got something to prove as an offensive coordinator too?
3: Um I think that you know it kind of just um i I think it's gonna be a great uh thing that we're gonna get to experience together because I feel like the organization has a lot to prove there's players that have a lot to prove, and you know him having a lot to prove. I feel like he's not gonna you know be conservative and he's not gonna hold back so you know hopefully that leads to a lot of points uh on the scoreboard for us
0: you know you're uh you, you, you played in Toronto, you played in Calgary. Uh, Calgary uh, fans uh, care about their team, but I almost feel like Stampeder fans get bored because the team was always good, right? And maybe the stadium wasn't the best to go watch a game, although I like McMahon Stadium in terms of the setting and everything like that. Um, and then Toronto, well that's, it is what it is. Now you're coming to a fishbowl. Like, this is it. If you want to experience kind of like an NFL feel, this is it. How you know, we started about uh, talking about running out of the uh, tunnel, but how much does is a fishbowl mentality coming where it matters. How much of that play into you coming here?
3: Um, I honestly thought it was a great opportunity for me to focus on football um, because that's what matters in Regina, um, amongst other things. But um, just to lock in and, and be football-focused was something that was big for me and then and then also having the opportunity to play with guys like Trevor Harrison, um, Keen Schaefer-Baker, who was like my little brother. Um, I've known him since he was like 12 years old. Um, so just having those opportunities and, uh, you know, playing in front of the fans, uh, it was just something that I couldn't pass up.
0: Did you guys play minor football together, you and KSB?
3: We did not. I am older than him, um, so didn't have that opportunity. But I did, you know, we did have to spend a lot of off-seasons together uh, when we'd be training. Uh, he was in high school at the time, so... Um, he'd go get picked up and brought to the training facility, and then we would, uh, you know, work on a few things. So, you know, even being able to see the player that he's become has been a, a blessing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, who did you look up to when you were becoming a, a receiver and, and wanting to uh, either play CFL or NFL? Was there was there somebody you tried to emulate your game after? Um,
3: it was always the big receivers, but I would say um, uh, the person that stands out the most is uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, just because uh, he wasn't like the fastest, but, you know, he was sure-handed and, you know, he always found a way to be open and he was reliable. So um, I kind of tried to model my game or try to model my game um, after his and as well as the way he carries himself off the field. He's really professional and I feel like I try and do the same thing as well.
0: No, I think he had one touchdown last year. If I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen it one of the best touchdowns of the year. You're on the sidelines, you go up to get the ball and keep both feet in bounds. It would have been an NFL catch, not just a CFL catch, but an NFL catch. What's it like to climb the ladder like that and make a highlight reel grab? Does everything stop in slow motion for you? Honestly,
3: believe it or not, it it does feel that way. And I think a lot of athletes have um, had experiences like that before, you know, when you're just locked in and you're in the zone um if everything feels like it's in slow motion but you're really you know moving fast like when i got to the sideline i didn't know how high i jumped until i saw it on the ipad i actually like you know was was kind of a uh, surprise uh, but you know i look forward to making those kinds of plays in, in a green jersey this year
0: no oh, we're looking forward to two, uh, number 11 is that what you're gonna wear
3: uh, I don't think so. I mean, that's Larry Dean's number, and
0: I don't have any plans of you know
3: <laughs> asking him to you know give me that number or anything, but uh i I don't know, and uh, whatever number I get, I'm gonna you know,
0: uh, Wear it with pride. Well, we're at the half here, growing the game with ballsy installment 335. And we want to recognize another one of our title sponsors, my good buddy Ben garrow and his crew at Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA. They are an SGI accredited auto body repair shop, a family owned and a certified collision care OEM approved auto body shop, providing comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in class collision repair shops. Their customers customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And here at The Half, it's time to check in with our health and lifestyle expert Tish Duffy in the Train with Tish segment. This segment's catching on, so we're happy about that. Now, Tish, I'm uh, 50 years old, just turned 50. When can you expect to maybe just maintain and not put muscle on?
2: That's a really good question, and it's, it's a hard one to answer. It's not kind of a black and white type of answer. There's so many factors that actually do have to come into play. Uh, things like genetics, what have you been currently doing, hormone levels, stress levels, how often are you sleeping, your diet plays a big role. So there are some factors that can help. I don't want to deter people from starting if they haven't in their 50s. but I mean, I have a 55-year-old client right now, typical guy, right, loved sports in his 20s, 30s, and 40s, went to the gym with his wife. She did the weights, he rode the bike while she did the weights. Um, And I've been training him now for six months, and he has put on some muscle. So I don't want to tell people it's impossible. Um, You definitely can certainly put muscle on in your 40s and 50s. It's certainly harder. Um, You have to, you know, increase and improve your habits, but you certainly can. Maintaining muscle in your 50s is certainly going to be a lot easier, but it's not impossible. to put muscle on in your
0: 50s. Okay, so here's a question for you. Now, you mentioned your client in his 20s and his 30s. I've worked out all the, all the way from the 20s right up to 50. Uh, but how should my workouts change? Like, should I go lighter weight, more reps, or, or more cardio? How should it change?
2: So uh, always make sure that you're walking. You know, you're getting your 8 to 10,000 steps in a day. And strength training needs to happen probably less volume, less intensity but maybe more often. You also, uh, our fitness people like to call workout splits. They they have different terms and you probably want to get rid of the bro splits in your workout. So instead of going to the gym and working one or two muscles, you certainly will want to do more full body uh, exercises. So the whole entire body is getting trained instead of just one or two muscles. Instead of putting so much pressure on one or two parts of your body where the tendons and the joints are, you know, not as flexible and becoming a little bit more sensitive to certain loads you just want to ask get this more full body load use more bands uh, take away some of the heavy dumbbells use more bands they tend to be a lot easier on your joints as well um, but yeah certainly want to lessen the load I have one kind of a, a rule that I recommend if you're in your 50s or, or your late 40s and you can't do an exercise for about eight reps you probably are doing too heavy of a load. So pick up a weight that you could do at least 10 to 15 times, and then you're probably going to be safe on your joints.
0: Tish, thanks for your time. I appreciate it.
2: My pleasure, Michael.
0: The third quarter is brought to you by my good buddy Kevin Welsh out in Saskatoon with Hammer Time Roofing. This guy has been a big football fan his entire life, both amateur and professional football. Thanks to him and his lovely wife for getting on board with this podcast and supporting it, helping to build the stars of tomorrow today. But he is definitely a big Rough Rider fan. If you want to get into the roofing business make sure you do it with Hammer Time Roofing. 262 Roof is the number to call. They're Saskatoon's only certified roofing Business specializing in GAF Certainteed and Malarkey Roofing. Our guest in the third quarter is fifth-year Regina Rams linebacker Josh White, who's excited to take part in the CFL Combine. Is that kind of a pinch-you moment that you're getting to, uh, you know, the pinnacle of maybe a pro football career?
4: Yeah, I would say especially that it's coming into March around the corner here. So knowing that the Combine is the end of March, it's something that I'm excited for.
0: How has your training regimen changed or how have you kind of tinkered it to get ready for the Combine?
4: Uh, we have a trainer back at the university, Camros. He's been preparing our group of guys that are going to the combine, and he's been doing a really good job with us. So yeah.
0: What's the most important? Uh, I don't want to say event, but uh, area you uh, are going to try to impress? Is it bench? Is it is it you know forty? Um, what is it?
4: Honestly, it's kind of more of an overall. I'm going to try and do or have good numbers in pretty much every section of the combine when it comes to the testing. I'm not just going to look for one thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to try and be in the top percentage for everything.
0: What are you at now in terms of your height and your weight, Josh? I'm
4: around 6'2", and then around 220 to 225 is where I kind of fluctuate in there.
0: Nice. So, um, talk about the season that was for the Regina Rams and Josh White.
4: Well, obviously, we you know it, it was short-lived for what we wanted it to be. We would obviously love to go to you know the Hardy Cup and the Mitchell Bowl and the Vanya, obviously. and It was short-lived. We lost to UBC in the first round of playoffs there, but yeah, it was a good season. Personally, I think I achieved some things, but yeah, it's was
0: obviously short-lived. So you want to make a pro roster, know that about it, and get drafted, but if not, you do have that in your back pocket. You can come back and play one more year. Would that be your plan if you don't get drafted, finish off your career with the Rams?
4: Yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. So I would definitely come back and finish my last year and play it out and maybe see if I could get signed off a team off of that if I don't get drafted.
0: Do you have an agent? I do, yeah. Who's your agent, if you don't mind me asking you? His name is Rob Fry. Oh, you got Rob Fry. Good Rob Fry. Has Have you got any indication if teams are interested in you or anything like that pre-combine?
4: Um, Not really. I've had some coaches follow me, but that's about it as of right now.
0: Yeah. So are you nervous? Um. Yeah. I feel
4: like it's always that type of nervous thing, but it is, it's also excitement. And Then when you get in the moment, the nerves kind of go away and you get down to back the good old business that you're used to, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So when I had uh, guys on in the past, I get them ready with my own combine questionnaire you, you okay with answering some of these yeah sure okay here we go this is one they actually ask a lot of uh, saskatchewan kids believe it or not you've probably heard about that are you okay with moving away from home
4: oh for sure 100 i'm okay with moving away from home i've already played on teams that have had to stay weeks at a time in different places for example, in the states, and I had to stay for two weeks in Mexico at one point. So I'm ready to go wherever it is.
0: Yeah, you're ready. It Doesn't matter. Uh, tell yeah. tell me one time, Josh White, that you failed and how you rebounded. How did you come back from that failure? Can you can you think about that? We know about successes, but what about failure?
4: Um. Well, honestly, this year it was the first time ever I got stiff-armed by a quarterback. It was when we were playing the Dinos, and that personally I took as like a failure in the moment. But I just took it as a chip on my shoulder, and people would be chirping and in your ear, but. I just bounced back and had a good game after that. It was just a moment that I kind of turned around.
0: Okay, think about this very hard, Josh White. How many times could you bench press your head coach, Mark McConkie?
4: That's a good question. We first have to estimate the weight he's around. So I think he won't be, I don't know, maybe he would be around 220.
0: Yeah, I'd say probably about two ish probably.
4: Yeah, two ish then I definitely feel like I could get into the 20s with 210-ish, yeah. Well,
0: it's a little different, though, with body weight, right? Like, he's got to hold oh, still. Oh, true.
4: You, yeah, unbalanced. Yeah. yeah he, might be, he might be a little more bottom-heavy than top-heavy, so we'd have to see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might if, have to be a close-grip bench on the back there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> might get a little personal. Hey, if, yeah. if if you had to skip a workout, Josh White, what body part or day are you skipping?
4: Oh, that's a good one hmm, I'd probably have to say honestly if there's like a core maybe
0: yeah it's kind yeah. of it's kind of a roundabout way of asking you which what you think your strongest part is in your body
4: yeah i I'd, I'd probably say. The strongest part of my body would be like my arm, my, my core, my back would be probably be my strongest part of my body.
0: Okay, I've seen this asked in a combine in the NFL. Uh, staring contest. Are you good at staring contests? Do you think you can go oh, a long time?
4: Oh, yeah, for sure. I've, I've had a lot of cousins growing up, so we've definitely had a couple staring contests at family events.
0: Yeah. Okay, I like to do this. Let's do radio rock, paper, scissors on the count of three, okay? And you tell me what you got. Ready? One, two, three. Rock. Ah, uh, you beat me. I had scissors. There you go. You're off to a great <laughs> start. All right. What's your favorite potato chip? Do you eat them? What's your favorite?
4: Favorite potato chip would have to be the black pepper and lime from uh, Miss Vicky's for sure.
0: Oh, wow. Do you go in, uh, do you go in like hot eating contests? Uh, no. I've never done an eating
4: contest. No.
0: <laughs> okay. So you got to make me a meal. I'm a make i'm a I'm, I'm a GM that might want to sign you or draft you. You gotta make me a meal. What is it? What are you gonna impress me with?
4: Make you a meal. It'll probably have to be a rice bowl, but it's in a taco bowl. I get it at Mexic so you can get like rice bowls there, but it's actually in a taco bowl. Mm-hmm. and you can pretty much put anything on it. There's veggies, meat, sauces, salsa, and then best part about that bowl is you can actually break it and then you dip it
0: into the actual rice bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really good. Pretty yeah. in-depth there, Josh White. Hey, so you uh, got to sing a song in the locker room. What is it?
4: Oh, probably Sweet Home Caroline or, hmm, that's a good one. Maybe try and mix it up and throw a Jingle Bells in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, and lastly, Josh White, why should we draft you?
4: I'm persistent. When it comes to football, I've always given 100% effort. And when it comes to my motor in football, it's nonstop. And I'm always trying to learn and make my game better. And there's nothing, I'm never content with where I'm at. I'm always trying to do more and get better. And that's something that our coaches at the U of R have instilled in us too. And it's just, it's just who I am when it comes to football. I've always given it my all and I will always give it my all.
0: Now, as you're looking ahead to the draft, I'll squeeze one more in here. Who do you think about to help you get to this point?
4: Who do I think about that like got me to this point? Yeah. Well, I would have to say the coaches at the U of R for sure. Like, they've been with me through football, Sask, all the way in my Rams career, like Spring League and stuff like that, especially like Coach Gray and Derek Lammer back at the university or someone that some guys that I've just been around pretty much my whole football career and that. Really helped me become the person I am today for sure. How
0: about mom and dad, or how about mom washing oh, your yeah, gear and for making sure. your food? Yeah, mom and
4: dad, especially when it comes to the grocery bill sometimes, because <laughs> I'm lucky enough I still get to live at home. Yeah. So, yeah, mom and dad for sure, especially because my dad's actually a Cairo. Oh. And so he's, he's saved me multiple times. And yeah, definitely my mom and dad for sure.
0: Gee, that's unbelievable. You got the life yeah. of Riley right there, Josh White. Well, uh, oh,
4: yeah,
0: best of luck, man. Uh, congratulations on getting to this point, And we'll be following you on draft night.
4: All right, appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: Fourth quarter sponsor, the SAS Selects Football Program. Thanks to them for helping build the stars of tomorrow today and getting a lot of these young football athletes placed in various junior, U-sports, and in some cases NCAA football programs. The Edmonton Elks haven't won a game on home turf in two years, so they kick off the 2023 campaign with a guaranteed win night against who else but your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I talked with President Victor Kui on my SportsCade show on 620 CKRM about that and how the they get back football interest in the Alberta capital he can get on top of the coverage. first year out, out of Oregon early movement here against that line they're going to look down the field to Mitchell Cornelius drops it in down to the 30 to the 20 to the 10 and he'll take it home for a touchdown oh boy 77 yards back for a second stint on the sports cage you're different than the first stint because you've got more experience under your belt what did uh what did the on-the-job training teach you, Victor Quee?
5: Well, I might have more experience, but I've sure learned that I'm a lot dumber than I thought I was a year ago. Because I realized even more how little I know. It's been a great year. Um, we got a lot of work to do. You know, it definitely isn't fun when we our performance on the field puts us last in the league. But outside of the field, we had a lot of positive things, a lot of improvements, and we're going to really continue to. To double down on that.
0: What was an eye opener for you? Give me one example. I, I won't use the word dumb because I I know you're you're saying that uh, you know a little self uh, self deprivating You're a, you're a smart guy. You know what you want to do. But what's one of the eye-opening things for you?
5: Uh, no, I mean, well, thank you for saying that. I mean, I, I I don't say it out of false humility. What what I mean is that I know I've I've got my strengths and I'm talented and I've got experience in, in, in sports, but the leadership. And the other presidents in this league, these guys are friggin' rock stars. Like, I mean, people that love our league, love the business, know it really, really well. And there's so much for me to to learn from them. And that part is where I definitely do feel dumb, and but thankful that I have this opportunity to learn. Um, biggest surprise, I would say, is that I think across the league and across the teams is just how different our world of sports is after COVID. Because if you remember at this time last year, when we spoke, we were filled with optimism with um, the strike, the player strike didn't happen. And we were like, Oh, everything will return back to normal. That's what everybody was saying. Back to normal, back to normal, back to normal for us means, you know, full stadiums, fans coming out, enjoying the games, ticket sales, sponsorship. But, that didn't happen. We didn't go back to normal. We found that people chose instead of going to 10 games, they decided to go to three games and they spent three weeks out at the cabin. Or they took instead of a one week vacation in Vegas, they took three weeks in Vegas. And people started to spend their disposable income in a very different way. That was a big surprise, I think, for all of us. And it's going to be a big... a big learning of how do we figure out what this new world is post-COVID.
0: Well, and you're trying to do it the right way. You, you gave some uh, tickets to uh, younger uh, uh, fans, you know, prospective younger fans last year, you know, getting them into the stadium. I thought that was great. I've been calling on that for a while. Of course, there had to be tickets purchased to get those. And now you got a nice uh, affordable family pack. Tell me about that. Well,
5: that that's the thing. We are unique and very fortunate in that we've got 56,000 seats that we need to fill. So we have high flexibility to create very valuable family packages. Um, you know, and, and everyone's facing the same pressures. Inflation, pet looming recession, uh, more, you know, tighter with their wallet. So as a community-owned team, what do we do to make sure that our sport and our games continue to be affordable for a young family.
0: You know, uh, Victor. Back in the day, I won't use the old name, but uh, the Edmonton football team and the Edmonton hockey team, the Oilers, ran neck and neck. Gretzky and Messier hung around with Moon and Brian Kelly and those guys. I thought it was cool that McDavid picked the Elks to win the Super Bowl. That was kind of that was kind of a neat little uh, plug for you guys. A- any. Type of a situation where you can work with the Oilers and, and and draw on some of their successes right now because let's be honest, the Edmonton and surrounding area caught up on McDavid, Drysidle, and Oilers fever right now.
5: Oh yeah, I mean when you've got the best player in the world in your city, that that's massive for us. Um, I think we're always exploring opportunities, and we did work a lot closer. I'd say if we talk historically, let's you know, but mm-hmm. we're talking decades already ago, you know, and it's really about what are we doing in the next decades in the future. And the one thing that is quite different in the DNA of the Edmonton football club of the Elks is that we are not a corporation um, or privately owned. We are community owned and we're a registered not-for-profit organization. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not trying to be sustainable or achieve profitability, but it does mean in our decision-making, we put community first. How do we spend and give back to the community? How do we give back to local businesses? How do we work with municipalities and let them enjoy a pro football club? So, Our mandate, I would say, and our DNA is a little bit different than other organizations because of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Victor Queeg joining us here, president of the Edmonton Elks. You take over the team, okay, and you have uh – grandiose visions uh off the field and you're a, a good a jolt of energy that i said a much needed jolt of energy along with dolman in bc but i've been through the chris jones thing here covering this football team you strip it down it's not so great in terms of on the field wins and losses in season one season two you start to see a turnaround which you're hoping for this year and then season three things take off um did the left hand totally know what the right hand was doing? And and the reason I asked this is perceptions, everything, facts are negotiable. So looking from the outside, it's like Victor Quee's over here and he's really promoting the business side and come on, watch. But, you know, people want to see a winner. And Chris Jones kind of treated the first season like it was an extended training camp, like he did in Saskatchewan. Were you you on the same page? 100%,
5: 100%. And how we viewed it is that we both sat down, we said, look, what we've been doing is not working. So what do we change? And the mandate that I gave the coach, I'm like, look, I'm going to support you. You need to change a team and get us a winning team. Do whatever changes you need to do, regardless of how many transactions. Now, when I said that, I had no idea we were going to do 70 plus transactions. <laughs> <the season>. but, <laughs> no, I'm like, do what, do what you need to do. I said, but this is where I want to be in 2023. Give us a team of stability. Give me some key players on a multi-year contract that we can invest in, in our organization and make them a part of the community. Give me that stability. And he says, that is what we're going to do. And I think we're on track. You know, you've seen, we've signed Mm -hmm. um, uh, a ton of uh, of veterans coming back on multi-year contracts, you know, in a league that is dominated by players that want a one-year contract. He has successfully got players to say, yeah, I want to make Edmonds in my home, at least, for a couple of years right and that is a a big big change already
0: yeah so Victor uh the the Eskimos were there for a long time the switch was made I'm sure you had a very um very supportive fan base for the old name how is the new brand you know now that it's got some time to settle in the market how are you feeling about the new brand the elks
5: well I love the Eskimo name I love what we've done I love our history and I think we have to continue to be proud of everything that we have. There's, we didn't, there, were, there wasn't anything wrong with our brand of what we were doing in terms of how it was interacting with the fan base. We moved into a new world where it made sense for us to change our name, and we took a very, very brave step as an organization and a difficult step to make that name change, as many other teams in the world were doing. Um, and, and I believe that that was right. Now... Um, when you have a sport that your connection to it is passion and emotion it's understandable that people get upset and me too you know i i have a deep connection to that Mm -hmm. to to the previous name Um, so we have to be patient with that and i can only hope that we continue to serve our fans with them in mind first both on delivering a quality product on the field and a quality experience in the stadium and a great fan experience in the off-season. And if we continue to focus on doing that and making them part of this community-owned team, I think those fans will come back and they'll see the hard work that we're doing. And I hope that we earn their trust and earn their, you know, their spend
0: again. Hey, back to Chris for a second. Did you and Jonesy's butt heads over the uh, whole guaranteed win night to start the year against our Saskatchewan Rough Riders?
5: <laughs> you know, um No, not at all. Not at all. He understands that we're a little bit cheeky in what we do, too. And we're like, you know what? Let's lean into this. It's a fact.
0: Yeah, it is a fact. And uh, lastly, so what is what is the organization's goal? Like, what it has to be this or bust? Like, is it playoffs? It's dramatic turnaround on the field. What What is your philosophy, you Chris Jones, as an organization this year, twenty twenty three, for the Edmonton Football Team? I'd say it's a critical year for you guys. You got to start winning some games there.
5: Yeah, but you know what? Every single team starts off the year and says, "Let's make it to the playoffs." There's not a single team that starts off and goes i don't want to yeah. make it to playoffs in their plan right two, two organizations get onto a field and and both want to win and our business is somebody loses somebody wins it's not a participation medal that, that we get so to me the measure is not success the measure is are we putting the right processes in place to lead to success i can't control the success on or off the field whatever it is win losses nobody can control that but what you can control is the inputs into achieving that do we have great leaders do we have a strong culture do we have an organization that the fans that we've created a fan base that believe in what we're doing and want to be a part of what we're doing all of those are inputs into the process that which leads hopefully to success but our measurement if we get all of that right If we treat the fans right, they have a great experience. We treat our players right. They have a great experience. We treat the coaches, everybody in our ecosystem. And you still lose. I can live with that. I can live with that, honestly, because that's the business that we signed up for, and losing and winning is part of the game. But if you lose and you did not have the right processes in place to give you the right chance of success, I cannot live with that, and nor should our organization live with it.
0: Well, I hope you win, but not week one. We want to take that guaranteed win <laughs> night. Th- th- thanks for your time, Victor. I appreciate it.
5: Thanks so much. Take care.
0: Well, we've got some extra content here on Growing the Game with Ballsy. Installment 335. And before we get to our extra point, it's time to point out our final title sponsor, the Regina Sports Performance Center in the heart of Regina. It's a new center of excellence for training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan elite athletes. They've got an indoor football field, an indoor soccer field. They got basketball courts on a poly-turf rubberized surface with markings for two pickleball and badminton courts. They've got a weight training facility an area for cardio, and they've got a great athletic therapist on site, the Regina-renowned Scott Anderson. So thanks to Aubrey Stedman and the gang for getting on board once again. And good luck to his son Emmett, who's a receiver and returner for the U of R Rams. This guy was a former teammate of Stedman's, Sawyer Bittner, quarterback for the Regina Thunder, the Rams, the Ottawa GGs, and now he is playing for the iron masks they're called over in france basically a semi-pro league bits thanks for taking time out of your schedule and the the call across the pond hey first off where can they follow you on twitter because you are a funny follow
6: Hey, i love you how you doing
0: uh thanks for having me great to talk to you again Oh, uh, yeah, my Twitter handle, it's, um,
6: it's orcate at Sawyer, and then, uh, B-U-E-T-T, the first half of my last name, so the more followers, the better, so I appreciate the plug. So uh,
0: how did you end up in France, continuing your football career? Yeah, it's so kind of a funny story, it's
6: kind of like most things in my life, kind of hilarious, but, uh, so I finished up with the Rams, I got my degree, and then I figured that's pretty much it, and then I started, uh, well, I couldn't get a job because I have history degree. So, like, is that like be a librarian <laughs> or do something else? So, I, I got a I got a job with Rutgers Rutgers HDD doing some horizontal drilling. A great company to work for, and I was making really good money. Um, spent some time from Fort McMurray, which is a beautiful country. <laughs> but uh, kind of while I was up there, I was kind of like, well, you know, my last year in football. Like with uh, with Ottawa, I got hurt my last year, and then the COVID season happened, and then I loved my time with the Rams. So my last year, you know, Josh was kind of the guy. So I was backing off and then doing some short yardage duty so I figured I kind of still had more to give to the game and I I wanted to play and I knew some guys that played in Europe so there's a site called Euro Players where you can look for teams So I just put up a profile on there I did not expect anything and then kind of a week later some teams started reaching out to me and I ended up uh, coming out here so it's kind of funny
0: so each team gets four paid uh, imports so that would be why it's a semi pro league just tell us about the league are you making a decent living or just enough just to get by or what
6: yeah, so I think when people ask me, like, they're asking like, oh, are you making like really? No, it's not like you're not making like, you know, even close to CFL money or like, they were, like the, the ELF is like a top tier league out here. This is um, Division One, like kind of the level below that in, in Europe. Um, so the money is decent, but for me, like they, they pay for your flights. Uh, they pay for your living. Um, and then, I mean, I get to play football in a different country, different part of the world and, and get to travel and get to grow the game and and see some different sites so for me it's kind of a kind of a no-brainer to be out here we am not out here for the money um at all if I was into money I would have stayed you know in Saskatchewan and kept working but for me it's kind of you know this is way more than money for me kind of filled in my soul and a whole other way so it's been real amazing so far
0: saw one touchdown pass it was a beautiful throw to the end zone but you got absolutely trucked on the play <laughs> uh, yeah. what's it like to play over there
6: yeah actually not play. I don't know what it is ballsy but like Every time I throw a pass, I seem to get killed. Right as I it. but yeah, I got I got lit up by a six foot three German linebacker, so <laughs> that was funny. And then he was he was chirping me in German uh, after that too. So I was like, I literally told "Bro, I have no idea what you're saying." Anyways, like I, I can barely speak French, so I don't know. Um, I know a couple of that, um, um, but uh, yeah, it, it's been different. Um, I live with uh, Xavier Johnson from Tampa, Florida. He's a running back that played at South Alabama. Actually, played at Brandon Bridge there but he's a really outstanding player he's played in elf he's played in mexico he's kind of played all over the place so i've been kind of leaning on him for you know advice on how to go about because it is very different you know um like i said we have guys that are paid to play and then some guys you know show up at one of my centers it's 39 years old he has three kids <laughs> and wow. you, know, you get some guys from the practice they have this is their first year of football they don't know much about it but to me it's been fun i'm doing some coaching up here too um, so obviously, it can work on my French, but I think mean, it's it has been real fun, you know. If you're trying to take it way too seriously, um, you're kind of in in the wrong spot. So, you know, I like I said, it's been fun to grow the game, and teach you, teach the guys a few things, and uh, while well, they teach you some French, so it's been good.
0: Yeah, guy near in his mid 20s, why not have some fun? Uh, Who is who's teaching you French? How's that going?
6: Yeah, I mean, I did. I won the French award in my high school in Misha, but like that, that doesn't mean very much back in grade Like Half the class. Half the class, English was dyslexic anyway. Um, uh, so I can speak a little bit, but man, until you get out of here, once the boys start going, but they put me on some French rap songs that I'm supposed to listen to every night, so I'm kind of learning more through that. But, uh, but it's been awesome. We got guys that, we have French guys on the team, we got Italian guys on the team. Like I said, I played against a German linebacker. <laughs> so you got guys from, all over the place, but I'm definitely the only guy from Saskatchewan, uh, probably in this entire uh, region right now.
0: So well, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Way to uh, way to uh, wave the wheat the wheat province flag, as it were. Sawyer Bittner joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Okay, so I gotta I gotta ask you that they're making you listen to French rap songs. Are you like spinning some Nickelback for them or something?
6: Oh, ballsy, hundred percent. It's a funny thing. So i I have a Nickelback swag. It's I'm sweating with Chad Kroger's face on it, and I kind of I wore it out. Uh, I was asking the boys like do you know who this is? And one of them one of them thought it was Kurt Cobain and the rest was like no idea. So I put on some nickelback for them and just the look of confusion uh on their faces
0: was amazing. But I'll
6: keep I'll keep going though. It's still early. Good. I'll keep playing a song today and hopefully uh hopefully they come around so the magic of Chad Roger.
0: Good <laughs> good prairie band from Hannah, Alberta. Uh what's the <laughs> league what's the league like? How many games do you play? I understand you play a game and then a two week buy.
6: it's a little different, like I said. You kind of got to go with the
0: flow out
6: here for sure. So it's a 10-game season, which is why, like, I got here in January and I leave in July. So that's why the season is so long because you play a game and then you have uh, either a one-week buy or a two-week buy and then another game. So that's why the, kinda, the season is so prolonged. But at the same time, it kind of gives you some time in between games to go you know, see different sites, like Spain's close by. There's an Italian city that's an hour away from where I am. Yeah, in Canada, it's out of France. And, uh, so, so yeah, like, honestly, every week I learned something new, like, you know, we, we had a game in Mire, um, which is about seven hours from here at one o'clock on Sunday. And we left on the bus at 3 a.m. on the Saturday, got there at 11, got off the bus, played the game, hopped back on the bus, got back, and then we all got together and to watched the Super Bowl at a movie theater at four in the morning. So basically I was up for like twenty four hours.
1: Wow.
0: So
6: just just things like that. It's been kinda kinda hilarious. Like I said, it's really kinda got a goal to flow here for sure.
0: That sound, you sound perfectly tailor made for that type of scenario. That this sounds <laughs> this sounds as I follow your Twitter and know you well, this sounds like a a, a Sawyer Bittner movie almost. It's outstanding. How long do you how long do you plan to do this for, Sawyer?
6: No, honestly I'm not sure if you go back to that. Um you know I like the if this goes well and has been going well, I like to keep doing it for maybe, you know, I have no I don't want to keep playing until I'm like forty or full of Brett Five and be like swinging the rock in like Bolivia when I'm like forty four. Or Dar- years old.
0: or Daryl Leeson in the se- or Daryl in senior football in Alberta.
6: <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know so um you yeah, know but I like to, you know, if this was well like I said, I, I have no idea but uh, I like to keep playing for another, you know, two or three years hopefully and go see some some new sites in the countries and and meet some new people you know football that's been with me one of the amazing things me that is meeting the new people and getting to see new sites you know I've played football games and all over the place all over Canada and now I'm you know playing football I, we just played uh, you know a football game last week outside of paris so it's just kind of cool stories to tell so as long as I feel like I stay healthy and keep playing, and I'll keep doing it. So
0: Well, they say life's about memories, and it is the older you get. I know you're younger, you're half my age, but hey, I uh, I envy you. Congratulations, and we'll stay in touch, and we'll follow you on Twitter, man. Best of luck, and keep spinning that nickel back. we will,
6: do. Thank you, boys. I appreciate it.